0: Shalom alechem, Shavua Tov. to all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be talking about the parashiot we had yesterday parashat Tezriya Mitzorah and after that I'm going to say a few words about Haggad's Maut. The parashat Tezria itself speaks about the Tum'ah of the Mitzorah and it Describes the three categories that could happen for a Could be sarat in a wall, sarat in a garment, or sarat on a skin. Now, then Parashat mitzvah actually talks about the tahara after the mitzvah becomes tahor, meaning that the sarat has gone, and it describes what the steps he has to take to finish his tahora. Now, we have to understand that sarat is not really, uh, although we translate it as leprosy, there's not really the kind of sickness as leprosy it is. Because if it really was the sickness of leprosy, we know leprosy is very contagious. So what does it mean that we have a sarat and a wall? A wall, leprosy and a wall, that's not leprosy. That can't be. Or tzaraat on a garment—that doesn't make sense either. So the and another thing is, let's say a hatan is in the middle of the seven days of Shiva Yemei, uh, the, the seven days of Shiva Berachot. If he's in the middle and he suspects he had some kind of tzaraat on his skin, and he goes to a kohen, and the kohen looks at it, even. Even if it is really the Tameh he will tell him, no, go. Go back home. Come back afterwards. Or if a for example, a person suspects, maybe I said, ah, go to the Kohen. The Kohen will tell him, go finish the holiday, then come back. Now, if this was really a sickness that's contagious, like a repousy, how could he tell him to go home? has nothing to do with it. Besides, really, this has nothing to do with uh, with the actual physical, it may have uh, some characteristics that look like the physical leprosy, but if it was really an illness, you go to a doctor. Here we go to a Kohen. But why is it, what's this whole idea of the Tzara? Because, as we say, Mitzorah is Motsi Shem Ra. The person who talks bad about other people. Talks down other people. Talks evil about other people. Him, oh, he's a big shot. He's big. You know me? Yeah, but the other guy then, oh, he's no good. He does this, this, and that. I wish he was better. There's all many different ways he can talk evil about other people. And you know how bad that is? The Torah says the mitzvah goes past all the three Mahanot. Mahani Sheikhyan, Mahani Rivian, Mahani Yisrael. goes all, he's all by himself. He's all isolated by himself. Even a person who murders accidentally, Bishgagah. The Torah tells us he, he still has a way out. Imagine he actually killed a life, a human being. But he has a way out. He can run to Ermiklat, the city of refuge. And he can stay there. He would live there. Of course, until whatever the court decides, whether, uh, the circumstances, whether it's Hayab or not Hayab. In the meantime, he goes there because perhaps one of the relatives may avenge and come and harm him, so he runs there. He lives there. And yet, this one, Lashon is worse. He can't, he can't even communicate with anybody. He can't communicate with people. The person who kills non-intentionally, is there, he eats, he, he's well, everything's got with people there. He, he'll be learning, uh, going to the tefillah every day with other people, not a problem. Because La HaRa can actually cause tremendous harm to another person. Yes, it can cause a lot of harm. We see, for example, if a man hits his father, what what it causes a wound. Well, it says the Torah says Okay, he's executed. If it's hatarabeidim, everything else, yeah, that's that's the punishment. What if a person, God forbid, he insults and curses a father, also labiv, also much. But there's a difference. There are different levels of executions mentioned in the Torah. And the one that hits his father, his punishment is with henex, strangulation. While the one who actually curses him, his punishment is execution with sekila, throwing rocks at him. That's a lot worse. Cursing Musi Shemra is worse than the hitting and causing a uh, a wound to a father. Now, in general, being that we have three categories, we have sarat of the wall, sarat has to do with the garment, right? And sarat on the skin. Why do we have three of them? Well, the Hakamim say that the idea here is Baruch who does not want to punish the person immediately, harshly. First, give him a siman. Give him some look at the wall. And the Quran says, This is Tamir. So maybe he'll get he'll get the you know he'll figure out what's going on. Hey, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm talking Lashana. Maybe he'll make the shuvah. He'll realize something. If he doesn't, then Hashem says, okay, I'm going to get closer. That was the wall of your house. Now, I'm going to hit your garment. The clothing, that's closer. Again, if he doesn't make the Shuba from there either and stops evil, then Hashem hits him right on the skin of his body. That's the way that's the way that behaves. He does not want to hurt the person immediately. Gives him a chance to get back. But yet, the way the Torah describes these three categories is the opposite way. First it talks about the tzara'at of the body, then the tzara'at of the garment, and then the tzara'at of the wall. So it's like the other way around. The Kliyakar he noticed this uh, uh, difference and he says, he explains it like this. He says, when he wrote the Torah, he wants first to give some kind of deterrence to the person. It tells him, you know, that could be in your skin. Now give him something strong, a strong warning first. That's a deterrent. Maybe he'll realize, oh, it's going to come to my skin. Oh, I'm going to stop. So there is uh, something like that also uh, in, for example, with Paro. Akadosh uh, Baruch brought 10 makot on Paro. Dam, Tsefadiah, Kinim just had that Pesach a couple of weeks ago. But the first one that Hashem mentioned he told Moshe Rabbeinu, go tell him, Parashat Shimon, way, way, way back. He says, if you don't send them, I'm going to kill your firstborn son. That, that was the very, very first thing he told him. Before all the other makot. Why that first thing first? Why? Even though that is not the way it happened, it happened last, as a deterrent. Maybe, oh, my son is gonna go. Ah, right there and there. Maybe I'll, he'll do something. But he didn't. So then Hashem had to go through all the Tirmidhi. So Hashem tries to warn the person, not bring the actual Sarah, but is warning us first. Perhaps we'll heed it. If the person doesn't heed it, then there's a problem. But Lashon hara is something so easy; it just flows out of the mouth of the people. You know, as they say, we have what we call ma'achalot asurot, forbidden foods. Okay, now forbidden foods. People in general, they they you know they, they be careful about that. You know, shalom? Who's going to go and eat a uh, hazir or, or camel or whatever? Or tarifa. So when it comes to something that comes into your mouth, we're very careful. How about being just as careful something going, coming out of your mouth? You have to realize that the Lashon, the Kadosh Baruch gave us the Lashon, meaning this power of talking, the power of commu- communicating, which animals don't. This is like part of our neshama. What does that mean, the neshama? person, there's the kawah of dibur. We can talk. Akadosh Baruch who gave us the kawah of dibur in order to be able to communicate, in order to be able to set the filah. in order to be able to learn Torah. Disseminate Torah and teach it. Tell the people about the mitzvot. Not Hasvi Shalom. But. The uh, Hafez Chaim Ala Shalom was extremely, extremely careful. Not to talk Lashon ever. He wrote many books about it. And one time. Yo, it was Lel, uh, Lel Purim. You know, Lel Purim by the Ashkenazim, usually the Talmidim, they go to the, to the Rebbe there, and they, you know, a little bit uh joke here and there. So, Habez Chaim had many, many Talmudim there. All of a sudden, one Talmud comes up to him, and he says to him, I want you to promise me, give me a heart promise me that when the Talmid dies after 120, He'll be in Gan Eden right next to the Chafiz Chaim. Right next to him. That's what he said. Give me a we're right next to you. Of course, Chafiz Chaim, he, he, did, not, uh, he did not answer. A few minutes later, and he I, I asked him some question. Again, he tried to somehow avoid to answer him. Finally, the Chafiz Chaim got up. And then this Talmud here like uh, stands right next to him. And he tells him, please, Rabbi, I want you to give me this, this Beracha." So he told him, if you would never speak Lashonara all your life, like I did, I said, since I remember, I never spoke Lashonara. If you can heed this particular command, not to speak lashonah all your life, he says, "Yes, you'll be able to come next to me." Lashonah, something very, very harsh, something very painful to the person whom you speak about. And you know Moshe Rabenu himself, when he went ahead, the first uh, the first encounter he had was that he killed this Egyptian guy because he was beating up a Hebrew. And then the next storm he saw two Hebrews fighting. And he said, what did he answer? He says to him, Wait a minute. Who who are you? What, what's going on here? You want to kill me like the other guy? The Torah says that Moshe Rabbinu said, Achin oh, Wow. Now something. He's wrong. Whatever happened, the, debut, the Pshat Pashut is means, oh, the word got around that he killed the Egyptian before. But you know, that's, that's the Pshat. But Rashi says like this, he says, He says, I he says, I was Moshe Rabbeau himself. He could not understand what's going on. What is Israel? why is Israel, what kind of sin they had, from all the 70 nations, what is the sin of Israel, they should be subjected, to such harsh and bitter work, says, oh you know what, I see, huh. yeah, they deserve it. Why? Because They are informers. They are people that say about others. And the only way that the afterwards they were, there was redemption is because we say Al nigalu and one of them was they stopped Lashona. That's one of them. That is, unfortunately, perhaps in our community, now, of course, I'm not saying the entire community has been shalom, but there are many people in our community who are not so careful about this. And this week, yesterday, Shabbat, I think throughout the whole world, the rabbis have been talking about this. So all I want to tell to my listeners is, please, be very careful about speaking English. Don't talk down anyone. Don't talk down your wife, your child, your friend, or your coworker. Always be very hateful what you're saying. And now I would like to say something about last Thursday was we you know how God smoked. Just want to say I mean this is something that you can talk about for hours, but I wanna put a certain angle here of mine today It says in my sechet berachot amaleh rapapai abaye rapapa ashkh abaye may rishonim de yitrahish lehu nisa why is it that the earlier generations they had miracles o may shna anan dilam mitrahish lehakom Us, you know we have no miracles. no miracle don't happen to us anymore if it's because of the learnings. Well, we we learn quite a bit here. Uh, we're superior in learning. So he answered him. Hashem." The earlier generations. They were Moser Nefesh. For the holy name of akadosh Baruch Hu. Anan, us. Lo Nafshin. We don't do that. We're not Moser Nefesh. Moser Nefesh. What is is Mr. Nefesh? meserut Nefesh is self-sacrifice. Putting your life on the line. Risking your life for others. Not for yourself. Not for money. For others. To save others. And this has been, throughout the ages. We, the Jews, had many, many heroes and heroines. In, starting with Shifra and Puah, which was really Miriam, Yocheved, and Miriam. The king said to them, hayorat tashlechu." Any male child. Throw him into the Nile. Kill him. They didn't listen to him. Can you imagine? Baruch, the king, the supreme king, his word is like, is like a command. And who disobeys him is death. They did not care. They actually, no. They took him and they, they even took care of him. They put, they risked their lives. How many times we have seen things like this? Throughout the ages, it's, you, you know, uh, the Gemara Masechit Ta'ani talks about this uh Turnus uh, Tur Nusru He was a governor of Judea in the first half of the second century. He was a Rashiach Gamur, evil man. And they once, they found that his daughter was killed. He blamed the Jews. And he told them, unless you you, you you produce the person that killed that lady, everyone is in trouble. What happened? There were two guys, Papus and Lulianus, they came and said, We killed them. They were Muster Nefesh in order to save the entire Nefesh. When you have Muster Nefesh, then you have miracles. That's what the Gemara says. If there's no Mesirut Nefesh, you don't deserve to have miracles. And you know something? There was plenty of Mesirut Nefesh during the uh, Israel Independence War of 1948. Plenty. Imagine. No less than five Arab countries attacked Israel. Talking about Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Iraq. Plus... The Arabs that were living in Israel themselves. And let me say another thing. Besides that. The Arabs were allowed to buy arms. And they piled up lots of arms. And they were allowed to. The Jews were prohibited by the British. To buy any arms. They had to smuggle arms to defend themselves. Or they had some. Underground. Factories. In order to manufacture arms. Underground ones. They were scared if the British would find out. Forget it. How are they going to defend themselves? You know. The odds. Against. Israel were a hundred to one. The world was laughing. <laughs> at said From the beginning. The war over. Right? You know, it, 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 look. Let me give you an example. If Imagine a mouse fighting a cat and the mouse wins. Does well, that make sense? Incredible. I'll give you even more. Suppose a mouse is fighting five cats, not one, five, and the mouse wins. Well, it, it, it's unfathomable. It's possible. I can't fathom something like that. It must be what? A miracle. The 1948 War of Independence was a miracle. The Jews not only won the war, but they increased their territory by another 2,000 square miles. That's incredible. You say it's impossible. But it happened. That's a huge miracle. It can be compared to the miracle of Hanukkah. And some say perhaps even more so. The Jews knew they were going into a lion's den. They went in anyway. They put their life on the line. And miracles happen. When you have Mr. nefesh. miracles happen. But Baruch Hashem, the fact that Eretz Yisrael came back into the hands of the Bnei Yisrael—that was a tremendous boost in the eyes of the Jews, and especially in the eyes of the Goyim. After the Holocaust, the Goyim was saying, "Oh, what do you mean? The Jews are the chosen nation. No more Hasidim Shalom, chosen people." Jewish blood is cheap. It can be shed at any time. Right? No more. Now, Israel can defend itself against any enemy. According to what I've seen in statistics, Israel has the third most powerful air force in the world. After the United States and Russia. No one wants to mess around anymore with Israel. Even the evil ISIS attacked all over the world. They 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 they, they had bombings in, in, in Britain in France and in, 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 uh, uh, all over, even the United States, but not Israel. And the second thing is any group of Jews anywhere in the world that could be or will be, would be in trouble, they know they have a place to go to and live there in tranquility. That's the two most important things that the state has done for us. Oh, there are many other things, of course, but the fact that we can defend ourselves and the fact that we have a place to be at any time. The Pasuk was fulfilled. <laughs> If you could be anywhere, anywhere in the world, Mishamika HaShem Elokecha will gather you, take you from there, bring you back there. But there's this, you know, there's something that we have to recognize. Sure, Israel has a powerful army, it's a prosperous economy, it's the fifth country in the world in high tech great innovations in medicine in farming all other disciplines and specialties this is why we have to be extremely grateful to Hu for all that every time we're going to say birkat amazon we say nodeh lecha we are grateful to you Hashem elokenu Hu, our god Ash Haltala Votenu that you give as inheritance to our forefathers. It is Hamdah to our Hava. You gave this beautiful land. When we say that, now especially, we should have a tremendous kavanah what Hakadosh Baruch did for us by giving us that land. Gratefulness, Hoda'ah, it's one thing to ask Hashem to do something for us. It's another to be grateful to Hashem after He did something for us. And there's one, there's one other thing I would like to mention, and that is, we have all these things going on. Right? It's about Hashem. But what about Shalom? Do we have complete Shalom? Do we have peace and tranquility? Not as yet. It's getting better, but not as yet. How do we achieve shalom? The Torah tells us how. If you're walking through my status, my statues, and you keep my mitzvot, and you do them, you perform them, then what happens after that? As part of the Berachot. You will have shalom in the land. You'll be able to go to sleep at night. You're not shaking from fear. This is telling us something important. The more we increase Torah and fulfill mitzvot, the greater the chance to have shalom. And this is why in the last couple of decades we have seen great progress in Torah study in Israel. And because of that, at the same time, we have seen also better chances of shalom. Chances of shalom are improving more and more. Many Arab lands now, many Arab countries, they're finally realizing the enemy is not Israel. Their enemy is Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah, and all the guys around that, all these people there. That's their finally, finally, they're realizing that. The chances of shalom are increasing. They have increased. We've had peace with Egypt, with Jordan, and so on. But it's not complete. How do we complete it? We're gonna complete by more. And more Torah. In the Hakotaytalechu, in the Mitzvotaytishmeru, and Shalom Baruch. The more Torah, the more Mitzvot, the more Kadoshvaruch. We bring us the Shalom, and we bring us our Moshiach Sitkenu beKaro. Amen. Kedushan. Let me again emphasize the fact that this is a great station, and please, if you can, contribute so that it keeps going, please do so. And if you have any simha, please contact us at SLC. We have a beautiful hall. We can accommodate any simha that you have. Shavu Atav to all of you.